Welcome to another episode of Disney Versus, the podcast where we have animated discussions about animated shorts. I am Tori. I am Grace. We have a special guest today on our yeah, we do. part two. I'm going to let Grace introduce her. My best friend Amber is here. Say hello, Amber. What? Hello. What's good? Amber has joined us for part two of our shorts bracket. Amber did our logo. Logo. Amber did do her logo. Yeah. That's true. That is shut up. So she's <laughs> many years ago. Job. She's she's part of the show, whether she knows it or not. <laughs> That's how I like to be a part of it secretly in the back where no one knows. Right. How have y'all been? Hot. Hot. Yeah. So both of us are in Indy, and it was in the nineties today. Coming <laughs> from someone who lives in Texas, I empathize, but I don't sympathize. Is that what it? But do you have air conditioning? Well, now I do. That's the thing. Texas is everywhere. You just move from air conditioned place to air conditioned place. It's like the floor is made of lava, but everywhere outside is made of lava. The air air. is made of lava. Yes, that's what it is. If you're new to the show, welcome. What we do here is we take different Disney and Pixar properties, we rank them in a March Madness style bracket, and we talk about them and eliminate them until we have a true winner. Like I said, this is part two of our shorts bracket. Uh, we've taken some Disney and Pixar shorts, and uh, we are going to determine today who our our winner is. Uh, last episode, we uh, picked Jerry's Game out of our uh, our first eight, or first nine, actually, because we had a play-in. And today we're going to see what goes up against Jerry's Game, and then we're going to pick a winner. But before we do that, have a little bit of news. It was announced uh, earlier this week that Howard, uh, a documentary about Howard Ashman, the late Howard Ashman, who was the lyricist for Beauty and the Beast and The Little Mermaid, and in the early stages of development, Aladdin, he and his songwriting partner, Alan Macon, Howard will be getting his own documentary directed by Don Hahn, who was the producer of The Lion King. I think he was the producer and director. I can't remember. Of the new? No, no, no. Or the original? The original. original. Oh, okay, cool. But uh, Howard Ashman passed away in 1991, I think. And it was a huge blow to, you know, the world, obviously, because he's probably one of the most important, if not the most important person when it comes to the Disney Renaissance. If you've seen the documentary Waking Sleeping Beauty, he is the one who said that animation lends itself or musical theater lends itself so well to animation because of what can be done with animation with the prism of music that will be dropping august 7th on disney plus besides hamilton have you guys seen anything else good on disney plus lately Every time I open Disney Plus, it's like a wormhole and I just scroll and I'm like, oh, I should watch this and I should watch this. And then I just never pick anything because I just am reminiscing about how I want to watch everything. So we just did all of these shorts and um, watch Hamilton. And then I, early in the summer, I was watching some Marvel movies. Um, so I was starting to do them in chronological order. I think I got about a third. I got to Guardians. I got to the first Guardians movie. Okay. So I think it's a third of the way through or so. Yeah, you got like 10 in? Something like that. I skipped the Hulk. I attempted this and I got stuck at the Hulk because I didn't want to watch it. (laughs) The Hulk is a good movie. No, yeah, it's 
Incredible Hulk is a good movie. It's it has some problems, but I think every Marvel movie has at least one problem. The problem for me is that it wasn't on Disney Plus. Oh, okay, that's fair. It's on Peacock. It was, oh, yeah, okay. Which is NBC's streaming service. I got rid of cable this week because I don't use it. You still have cable? Yeah, I did. I did. Because uh, it was bundled with my internet, and now I, it was, it was cheaper to have it. Don't let them fool you. Yeah, I know. I've been fooled for so long, but no more! I had cable in college, but that was it. It's fine. It, it's fine. I've been watching The Office, even though it's not uh, Disney-related. I've been watching off The Office for the first time. We've been watching Grey's for about halfway. We're in season six of Grey's right now. You are not halfway then. Most halfway. There Listen, like... that's fine. The more Grey's, the better. Yeah. There What's are... great about Grey's is there's so much content, because most seasons have at least 20 episodes, and then each episode is 42 minutes. There's like 17 episodes of Grey's, though. Like, hmm? of these seasons? Are... Yeah, that's what I meant. 17, yeah. Exactly. I think there's 16. I think it's important it's to know that Grace and I have been watching it for more than half of our life. It is a part of us, and we accept... <laughs> How many seasons exist? How many episodes are in every this? season? <sighs> Fine. <laughs> it's like me and The Simpsons. The Simpsons have yes. I've been watching The Simpsons almost my entire life. Yes, exactly. Good or bad. <clears throat> All right, let's get into these uh, these shorts. Just like last week, they were ranked and chosen based on the awards they've won or were nominated for and their IMDb score. Unlike last week, there are a lot more awards and nominations in this side of the bracket than in last week's. Everything was either nominated for an Oscar or won an Oscar, except for one. And it was chosen because it was the highest rated short from the short circuit project shorts so that's why it's here i have a question i'm curious how both of you rank these personally like when you're going through and and you're trying to decide which ones you like the best do you have a system that you use like a scoring guide i'll let tori talk about how he put together the bracket for the shorts for our normal bracket with our original 64 was that how many it was jeez uh, for our original 64 movie bracket, um, we ranked the movies, each of us ranked the movies, so me, Heather, and Tori. Heather, Tori, and I all ranked the movies, and we all kind of had our own system. Uh, Heather didn't even have a true ranking. She had tiers. Tori was a little more technical in his grading, and my kind of go-to ranking is based on what I would sit in a room and watch over and over. If I had to sit in a room and watch one over and over, which one would I choose? And that's kind of my default for when I uh, judge the shorts as well, is if if there isn't something that's specific, um, that's kind of what I hang my hat on. And then we average our rankings for the 64 movies and then build the bracket based on that. With the shorts bracket, I started off, I grabbed all the Oscar winners. All the Oscar winners were automatically in the bracket. And then from there, I took, I think I took all the nominees, the top two, according to IMDb, I grabbed the top two highest rated from the Project Short Circuit shorts, which is the newest Disney Plus exclusive set of shorts. And 
Pixar's Spark Shorts, which are from the end of last year. I grabbed the top two rated of those. And then I kind of ranked them based on IMDb score. With the exception of the bottom of this bracket, which I completely fudged, full disclosure. Luna, which is the nine seed in this, actually has a higher rating in IMDb than Tin Toy, which has a higher seed. But Tin Toy was an automatic lock because it was an Oscar winner. So if you follow sports, it's like you get into the NCAA tournament because you're the winner of a week conference. There's a lot of it's, there's a lot of statistics involved. Yeah. And then from there, I split them in half. So there's two of seeds, one through nine. If you're into bracketology, this show is for you. <laughs> All right. Well, I ranked mine based on a uh, band scoring system. Because that's what I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be interested to see that because if we, when we do other brackets in the future, after the Muppet bracket, but because the Muppet bracket is already finished and ready to go, uh, I'd be interested in new ways to do these brackets. Rubrics. It comes down to rubrics. Oh, okay. <laughs> but because these, these shorts are so subjective, I needed a way to take like my thought process to take my feelings and emotions out of it just to get a good bracket so this is what i did all right starting with our play-in our nine seed versus our eight seed we have tin toy versus la luna talk about tin toy first tin toy was released in 1988 at the siggraph convention i believe it is Disney's second, sorry, it is Pixar's second short ever. It won an Oscar for Best Animated Short uh, that year. And uh, the plot of it is a scared tin one-man band toy tries to escape a destructive baby. That's pretty much it. This was terrifying. Yes, I think it's important to know that on my notes here, I literally just have OMG, Toy Story but Scary. Yeah, it's... Oh my gosh. What was wrong with the child's head? That's the scariest thing about this show. Even the diaper. Its diaper was huge Mm -hmm. and rigid. (laughs) And, I mean, it's a a technical marvel of computer graphics. But, compared to nowadays, the baby looks arguably awful. Yeah, no, terrifying. I think it would have helped me to know... As I was watching these, what year they were made. Mm-hmm. So that way I could understand why it was scary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did not tell her that part. <laughs> I mean, everything else looked fine. If it was, if it was like, a, if the short was babyless, it would be fine. The tin toy looked fine. Like, yeah. the tin toy looked almost like Toy Story, the yeah. first one. Mm-hmm. But the rest of it, the baby was just terrifying. And granted, yeah. this is, you know, almost, this is what, seven years before Toy Story came out? Mm-hmm. Beyond, like, technical stuff, just story-wise, like, this bothers me because the baby, like, falls and just starts crying. Like, it hit, I think it hits his head and starts crying and just, like, it, it's, it lays there for a minute. And I'm like, where are this kid's parents? <laughs> what, what is happening? Oh, man, headcanon. The baby is actually Sid Phillips. 
Yeah, I did see some semblance. And I also, I did appreciate that uh, we see all of the toys hiding from the kid. Mm-hmm. And we see that kind of come back in the other Toy Story movies later on. Yes. Especially when we get to Toy Story 3 and we're in the daycare and they're hiding from all like the very, very young children. Toy Story light. Yeah. On meth. Except <laughs> on meth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I like the sound. I like the sound design on this because, like, the one man, it's a one man band, so every time it moves, it has to make a sound. Mm -hmm. You gotta ding it because it looks incredibly primitive. I don't have to dig it. It was. No, 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 ding. Ding. Oh, okay. You have to take points off. Uh, Let's talk about La Luna. Uh, La Luna was created in 20 or released in 2011 in front of Brave. It was an Oscar nominee um, and it's about a young boy who helps his father and grandfather harvest stars from the moon. I loved this one. I thought it was whimsical and um, it, it really kind of had this story arc of wonder in the kid's eyes. Um, and it was really kind of, clear and simple animation but it was still very pretty yeah i love this one as well i felt like it was very james and the giant peach mm-hmm. kind of the vibe i got while i was I watching it yeah also i like that i didn't i couldn't predict where the story was going a lot of these shorts have that have that aspect and it's very refreshing when it doesn't go where you think it's gonna go like like bow i can't wait to talk about bow in a few minutes because <laughs> That the short was all over the place. I like this one as well. It was a very interesting concept because it's a very abstract idea. Like, how does the moon get the way it is? Someone has to brush away all the stars that hits the moon. I think maybe a DreamWorks or a Blue Sky Studios would probably turn this into a full movie. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I could see that. Have the kid stuck between his grandfather's way of thinking and his dad's way of thinking. And kind of want to carve out his own style. Kind of a little bit of Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Because mm-hmm. Flint wants to do his own thing. But his dad's like, you got to sell sardines. <laughs> and Flint figures out his own way of doing things. Are we good to choose between the two? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's obvious. <laughs> it's obvious. Great. I, I, we got we to gotta go with Waluna on this one. So Tin Toy moves on. <laughs> okay, but but we have to appreciate Tin Toy for giving us what we assume is Toy Story later. But sorry. <laughs> I mean there's a clear line from Tin Toy to Toy Story. But <laughs> But that doesn't make you win. <laughs> yeah. Next we have Feast versus Luxo Jr. Feast was released in twenty fourteen in front of Big Hero Six. And it's about the love life of a man as told through the meals he gives his adopted dog, Winston. I remember when this one came out uh, in front of Big Hero 6. And I was super amped to see Big Hero 6 because it was kind of like Disney's superhero movie. In the midst- and you like that movie a lot, too. Yeah, I did. It's, I think it's underrated. But uh, seeing Feast was so good. I enjoyed Feast so much. Yeah, so... Amber's roommate, Allison, has a dog named Charlie, and Charlie looks exactly like the dog in Peace. And so my notes for this one say, Charlie's so cute! (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it was one of the last ones that we watched. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, I really like this one. I thought it was cute. I thought this is another one that I feel like appeals to an adult audience. We're talking about some pretty, in the background, there are some pretty complex ideas. This guy has been dumped by his girlfriend and is completely depressed and letting himself go. And the dog goes to find his his ex-girlfriend. And I, that's not something that I would think of showing a six or seven year old normally not that i wouldn't i like that this movie was told entirely almost entirely through like the story of this movie is told through foreground or sorry Mm -hmm. background because if you don't look around like the first you got to watch this at least twice because if you if you miss anything you got to watch it a second time because in the in the foreground it's just a dog eating food that's it but the actual story is happening around the dog, and I love it. It's told through, you know, meals and subtext, because the dog starts eating just dog food, and then the guy starts feeding him progressively less healthy meals. Like he's gets him well, there's bacon and eggs, and then he gets to like spaghetti and nachos, <laughs> and then he meets the girlfriend, and he gives the dog Brussels sprouts. And I remember the first time I gave my dog broccoli, mm-hmm. my dog made the same face that Winston did at the bar- at the Brussels sprouts. Mm-hmm. Man, our dogs love broccoli, though. They really do. Yeah, pancakes love like, broccoli, too. chomp on it mm-hmm. all day. But only raw, so maybe it's like a cooked thing. Like, once it's cooked, then it's healthy and it's not fun anymore. Yeah. But I love the art style of this. This is one of the movies that I would watch. If they made an entire movie in this art style, I would love it. Mm-hmm. Because there aren't a lot of very hard lines. This reminds me of Oliver and Company. Yes. Stylistically. If they had made Oliver and Company in this art style, I think it would be remembered a lot more fondly. But like mm-hmm. we talked about during the bracket, Oliver and Company has a lot of... It's kind of messy. And mm-hmm. it kind of resembles the way New York looked at the time. Uh, do you want to move on to Luxo? Uh, yeah, let's talk about Luxo Jr. Luxo Jr. was released in... 1986 and nope 96 no it's 86 not with toy story 2 it was made in 86 but it wasn't oh, it was in okay. front of toy story 2 when it came out got you interesting yeah. okay so uh Luxo jr was re- created in 1986 but it was released with toy story 2 it's about a larger lamp um watching while a small lamp plays with a ball amber fun fact amber and i have met Luxo lamp in the ball. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. They're huge. Yes, <laughs> very large. Grace is a small human next to that. She's extra small. <laughs> <laughs> this was when we went to uh, Pixar, Pixar's campus two years ago. It seems and like it was a lot longer ago. I think it was two years ago. Was it three years ago? It was two years ago. It was two. Yeah, it was two years ago. Um, this was an Oscar nominee as well. Yes. Okay, so this was made in 86, and Tin Toy was made in 88. I'm just saying, way better. I only wrote, my only notes say that it's Pixar's Pixar, and I drew them. <laughs> <laughs> I think this looks better than Tin Toy because there's a lot fewer um components to it mm-hmm. because it's easier to make a make an object than it is to make a 
a human, at least in that time. Yes. So mm-hmm. there are no humans in it, so mm-hmm. obviously it's not scary. And there's also, like, the camera doesn't move also. Mm-hmm. So you get to, there's more focus put on the, like, the, the bigger Luxo lamp is on screen the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, my notes for this, I wrote storytelling through sound personification, um, which is, I think, a hallmark of Pixar and was really established really early on. And that's one of the things that I love about this is that it establishes right off the bat that Pixar does storytelling unlike any other animation style. Um, they don't need uh, language, a common language to tell that story. There are so many sounds in this that how do I say this? There are so many sounds that I can tell you what they are without looking at the screen. Like when the lamb mm-hmm. jumps on the ball, mm-hmm. there's a distinctive sound for that. When the lamp is hopping, uh, and when the lamp does kind of its like little wiggle, its little wiggle before it jumps, those are, I mean, it's obvious because those sounds are now in front of every Pixar movie because of mm-hmm. Luxo Jr. But it's like when you hear a lightsaber. Or, yeah, exactly what that sound is. Yeah. Or for me, when you hear like Iron Man's little repulsor thing, like the little buzzing sound that it makes before he does it, like I can Mm -hmm. pick that out out of anything. Question for y'all. I I have a, it's not a Luxo lamp. It's just an architect's lamp. But were you guys able to, like did in the gift shop, did they have like Luxo lamps that you could buy? I don't think so. The gift shop was pretty small. It's mostly, it was mostly (laughs) apparel and then like, some paper goods. You also have to keep in mind that Pixar doesn't have people visit a lot. That's It's not like a, a place to go visit. So the only reason we got to go because Grace had a family friend. Mm. Um, so the gift shop is not... They're not trying to make a ton of money because they don't have a bunch of people coming in every day. Yeah. That makes you sense. Have to, you have to have access to someone. I also have the question, why aren't Luxo lamps or architect lamps like why aren't they more popular because of you know pixel i think they kind of made a resurgence like i think of i have a lamp from ikea uh in texas that looks pretty similar to a luxo lamp mm-hmm. um it's not the same like it's not the same brand but it's a very similar style and i think that kind of there was some resurgence but i don't know that it's because of pixar mm-hmm. the shortest classic like we were talking about Jerry's game last week, mm-hmm. and like this is such a classic. It, it's short. There's not much to it, but it's it's so classic, and I love it. Okay, so but are you giving it points for for how it affected the rest of Pixar, the rest of its lifespan up until now, or are you giving it points for what it is in in the moment that it was made? Both. You know what I mean? Okay. I'm doing both. I've seen the making of for this. I think it's in the in the Pixar story when they're talking about, you know, how they did the how they thought of it. Mm-hmm. And you appreciate all the care that they that that went into making it because they had to think of, you know, how does the cord, you know, ripple when he jumps? Um, mm-hmm. you know, how would how would it look while surfing on the normal, you know, the ball, the star ball and everything. Like the it's little things that make this kind of, oh, it, you know, I never noticed that. But. So are you picking, are, are you picking, are you picking Luxo Jr.? No, no, <laughs> no. You're picking Feast? Yes, I'm picking Feast. Uh, 
I think it's also important for uh, your many, many viewers to know that um, Feast, in order to make it uh, at the end or at the beginning, I can't quite remember, uh, they said they brought puppies into <laughs> the zone so they could watch them. That's so true. anything that adds puppies, I mean, come on, puppy. That's one thing I love about uh, like Disney and Pixar. They will go to the source to get to get you know they're not just gonna think of well how would a dog interact around food like no they like hold on we're gonna bring in the puppies yeah like when the like when they were doing the lion king they didn't just think of well how would a lion act no they had those they had those lions right in the dang studio i did not know that yep wow. had, i think i like puppy studio more than lion studio but... i mean it's kind of i think it's kind of Kind of the same thing, but if I no. went to work, I kind of, I mean, in theory, but if I had, if I went to work and there was a whole ass lion in the, in the studio. You're telling me right now, you would rather go to work and there'd be a lion than puppies. What are you going to do with a lion? Look at Man. it. I mean, Man. I'd have what a story to tell. What are you going to do with a puppy? Just have, be real happy. All I'd have long, a story to happy. tell regardless. So. <laughs> Anything to spice up my life at this point. If you had to pick between a lion and a puppy to have three days a week at work, which one would you have? Puppy. The answer's puppy. <laughs> how, how big of a lion? A bit, like a whole ass lion. Exactly what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> like a lion cub? I mean, lion, no. like lion first, like first and foremost, cool, awesome. But then after so long of watching the lion, you know, lion, then... What else are you gonna do with it? Puppy though, he he has so many options or she, you know, whatever, he or she. But he could run around, he could play with toys, you could pick him up, he could sleep on your lap. Cute. Lion just as just as a whole ass lion. To be fair, I work in a music That's store good. and I think by that third day, me and my delirium would be like, I bet I could teach that lion how to play trumpet. Let's let's see how this goes. Ears, yeah. do not send Terry a line. That's not a thing. Please, just just, I'll I'll feed it. I promise. Anyway, I am picking Feast because uh, I love the storytelling of this. How it's how the core story is told, in mostly the background. I'm also picking Feast, but I think it's because of I mean all the stuff, but also. I really like that they're kept being parsley, like she was parsley. That became her visual cue. Yeah. I'm going to go with Luxo, but I'm outnumbered. But I I love Luxo because it is, it's it's the test of time. That character um, and those sounds have been around for the last 30 years, mm-hmm. 34 years. It's pretty awesome. And I think it for the time it looks so good especially when you look at team yeah. so good. scary baby <laughs> scary baby <laughs> okay so feast is moving on next we are going to talk about just a thought versus kit bull just a thought was uh released on disney plus in 2019 part of the short circuit project and it's about a young boy's a young boy whose thoughts are revealed in the form of physical thought bubbles during school. Man, that would suck. Yeah, it would. I thought this was cute, but I didn't think... I didn't get much from it. I, I didn't get much substance. So 
especially compares to the capital. I also wrote cute, but my one issue with this is that there was a texture on the screen that didn't move. Mm-hmm. Like, it was supposed to be, like, a comic-y kind of thing, so it had dots everywhere, some kind of texture, mm-hmm. but when they were moving, the texture itself just stayed stagnant. It did not move with them. So, like, the color moved over the dots. Mm-hmm. And that just was really distracting to me. Oh, okay. So it was more, instead of it being, like, part of the character or the scene, it was just kind of a filter? Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't just sat that. there and did not move. And I think that I just, like, focused way too much on that because I was just watching the fact that, like, color was moving over these dots I thought that this was, uh, I like the art style of this. Mm-hmm. Again, it's another one that I wish, I keep saying that I wish movies were made in these art styles because the last couple of years, um, from Tangled to Frozen, Disney's art style has kind of looked the same. Because if you look at Rapunzel and Anna and Elsa and mm-hmm. to an extent Moana, they all kind of look the same. And it's gotten kind of, for me, it's gotten a little stale, and I would I be, I would be, I would love to see a new art style for these movies. Yeah. And even, if you think about it, Wreck-It Ralph and even Big Hero 6 kind of have similar art styles as well. Uh, I feel like they have a little bit of that kind of glossy roundness, um, even more so than Frozen and um, Rapunzel, but... I think also part of it is just the way that the characters are drawn that they have I, I think of like Elsa and Anna and Rapunzel being fairly linear I like the idea of this being a comic strip and in that same vein I think this could work as a TV show or just like a series of shorts in itself because I mean it's in a school you get his classmates like what are they thinking about what awkward situations do they have to deal with? Yeah, thinking about that now, it makes me think of Kim Possible. Um, yeah. Something else I've been watching on Disney Plus, Kim Possible. <laughs> you really? Yeah, I was a fan, and I think there was a time where I went from like season two or the beginning of season three, and then like I watched them graduate, and I didn't realize that graduation was like the series finale. Oh. Even worse, I think I woke up in the middle of the like evening. And after, like, a long nap, and it was on TV, and I was like, oh, I've never seen this episode before. And it's the series finale. So I'm like, let me catch up. That's funny. Okay, are you ready to talk about Kitbull? I don't know if I'm ready to talk about Kitbull. Yeah, we are. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Kitbull, 10 out of 10. It took me on a journey. I was uninterested in the tiny rat cat. I was very interested in the tiny rat cat. I I saw this dog that was like, you're a little scary. Then I was broken. My heart broke for him. And, or she, I don't know. And then, and then I was just sad. And then I had hope again. And then in the end, they brought it in. 10 out of 10. Grace, you want to say what I get for? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. No, you are great. I, I love, love the enthusiasm. Uh, okay, so Kitbull was also released in 2019, just like Just a Thought, uh, as a spark short. And it's about an unlikely connection between a fiercely independent stray kitten and a Pitbull and their beautiful relationship. It wasn't Oscar awesome movie. I love Amber's description. Um, I, I 
completely agree that this takes you on a journey. And my thought about this was, how do we feel about Pixar prompting difficult conversations with children? Dog fighting. Okay, that's that's a little heavy. It's sure. super subtle, though. Like, if you don't... Yeah, and and I wonder, like... Um, it was dog fighting? Like... Yeah. The dog? I thought that the dog just got beaten up by the owner because he was a dick. No, no. it was dog fighting. No, I think it was okay. dog fighting. Well... See? Super subtle. Okay, never mind. See, it's, it's <laughs> subtle. If you don't know... I mean, if you don't know about dog fighting, you would have that... You would that would make sense. Seen. He had lots of scratches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, this is super sad. This one is... I remember seeing it. I think it was released. It was released in front of. No, it was not released in front of something. This was one of the initial Spark shorts. I think it was this Pearl first, the mm-hmm. short about the ball of yarn in the uh-huh. business workplace. First time Pixar has ever had something had a character swear. It happened, and then this got released on mm-hmm. uh, YouTube. So. We all got to just cry and gush over this short. This was uh, 2D animated, which, again, another style, a, a different art style that is has been refreshing. Still, 10 out of 10. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, super cute. It was a little cat, and the music was good. And I was, like, worried they weren't going to get out in time. See, it has suspense. Journey. Just on the journey. Oh man, this movie reminds me. See, on on Facebook, I have a lot of friends who just post memes, and then I have tasty recipes, and then I have dog videos. That's my news feed. Or, sorry, that's dog my, that's spotting. My feed. Yes. Good. Dog spotting, so good. Also, boot my nose, listeners. If you haven't visited boot my nose on Instagram, <laughs> you are missing out. It's literally just pictures of noses. Of dogs, noses, also, and kitten noses, and then you like it, and you go whoop. Yeah. <laughs> I've tried really hard to get a photo of my puppy for boot my nose, but like, it's harder than you think. Like my my dog is cute, but it's hard. Like those photos are so they're so boopable. <laughs> so boopable. So much boop. Hashtag boopable. <laughs> Okay, just a thought versus Kipple. How are we feeling? 10 out of 10. Kipple. <laughs> I like just the thought a lot, but man, Kipple gets me right in the feels. Right in the feels. Oh, man. And the little cat. Yo, fucking cats, man. That cat was just like, get out of my space. And then the dog was like, okay. <sighs> I'm a dog person, so it's just like, can't me handle too. this. I'm- I'm low key considering getting a cat though, because I feel like I need a, a buddy. Okay, so Kipple, moving on. Okay, our next matchup and our last of this round of 16 is going to be Day and Night versus Bow. That's not true. What? It's not the last of the 16. Oh, uh, you're right. I lied. If you don't edit in actual Day and Night to this, when you say day and night, I'll be really sad. What? The song? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me try this I played it immediately as soon as <laughs> she turned it on. Let me let me try that again. 
Our next matchup is going to be Day and Night versus Bao. Day and Night was released in 2010 in front of Toy Story 3. It's an Oscar nominee, and it's about the personifications of daytime and nighttime learning to get along. I like this one a lot. It was a great concept, and it was a good combination of 2D animation and 3D animation. Creative isn't even quite the right word. Um, I think this is an out-of-the-box way of creating a short, and I love the concept of the grass is literally, the grass is always green on the other side. So this one also kind of took me on a journey, but I think it was on like a personal level. I didn't really like it when it first started. I was uninterested in the strange puffy character. Um, but as it continued and I realized what was actually happening, I was way more interested in it. And mm-hmm. by the end of it, I was just like, the creativity to think about making that. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think that I could have thought of that. And I personally just really liked it. I remember this being, I think, way more impactful for me the first couple times I saw it years ago. Seeing it this time, I thought, huh, I thought I liked this more, or I thought I was more impressed by it. And it's still a really, really good short, and it's so different, and I, I like that aspect of it. But it didn't quite hit me like it did the first couple times I watched it. This is one of those shorts that, uh, the, the the period of time that this short came out in, it's, it's part of a bunch of shorts between, like, let's say, I think it might start with this one through... I think when they started, like right before they started making the Spark shorts, that run of shorts like Paperman and uh, Feast and La Luna and Presto and Lava and Partly mm-hmm. Cloudy, all of those shorts were just kind of on another level than the ones that came before, like the ones that started it, because they kind of have, I think, more abstract ideas to play with. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, I mean, not until the Spark shorts did Pixar start making those again, because we talked about Float and how uh, how influential of a short that could be, and mm-hmm. talking about uh, what's the other one, Kit Bull, and I don't know if you guys have seen Out, like the the newest of the Spark shorts. I don't think so. It's basically a guy about a guy coming out to his parents. Oh wow! That's basically it. I would I would recommend going to watch it. But those shorts that are coming out now remind me of a lot. Remind me a lot of the ones that are come that came out around the time as day and night because they were just different, and they mm-hmm. had something more to say. I like the juxtaposition of all the nighttime things that, like daytime, kind of is like. Well, I have this. Like, look at check out this chick who's sunbathing. I have that. You don't. I'm better. Or. You know, everybody's, you know, chilling at the pool, but you, nighttime, don't have that because your pool is closed. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, daytime is like, look at, look, I have Vegas. Nighttime's like, look at my <laughs> Vegas and everything. Vegas. Yeah. I love that exchange of ideas. And I almost went on a, down a rabbit hole of the radio broadcast that they use during mm-hmm. it. Because it's uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer, and it's his mm-hmm. his lecture about the fear of the unknown. And I'm about to, like, probably after this, 
I'm going to go on a deep dive of like listening to his speeches because just listening to a little bit of it, it's very insightful. Mm-hmm. I thought about it. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I recommend like if you if, if you're interested, go look up Dr. Wayne Dyer. It's from a lecture that he gave in the 1970s, uh, but it's it, it's very insightful. Some of his inspirational stuff is very uh, TED Talk worthy. Like it's it's beyond TED Talk. Grace, you get to talk about you get to describe Bao. No, I'm so excited. Uh, Bao was released in 2018 with Incredibles 2. I was not that crazy about Incredibles 2, but I love Bao. It's about a Chinese Canadian woman. Let me know if she's Chinese Canadian. Because the uh, director is Chinese Canadian. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's okay. about her mom. It's about a Chinese Canadian woman suffering from empty nest syndrome. And she gets a second shot at motherhood when one of her dumplings comes alive. I love this. And I remember gasping out loud in the theater the first time I saw it. Just like, what? <laughs> like, completely emotionally, he spends three or four minutes building up this emotional attachment to this dumpling. Spoiler alert, only to have her eat it. <laughs> yeah. I love this one. What about you, Amber? Um, we watch this later in our evening. Um, so I don't know if I had seen too many or, or what, but at that point we we started watching it and I didn't really understand what was happening. I like, yes, a dumpling came alive and, and everything, but I didn't like it. it, I had to watch the whole thing to understand what the story was about. Um, but when, when she ate the dumpling, I was just... I was just, I, I think I went back immediately to times in my life where, like, I just did something so wrong or, like, drastic that doesn't make actually any sense. Like, why in the world would I ever, you know, and, like, so in terms of bow, like, why would I eat my child? I don't know, but, I'll, but I'm going to do it. Because that seems, like, correct at, at the time because my life is chaos or like I'm so emotionally distraught that I'm just like I'm gonna eat my child that makes sense uh but like after watching the whole thing I understand and but I keep going back to that moment where I'm like if I'm that emotionally unstable that I'm gonna eat my child like I've been there except for the part about eating a child never had a child didn't eat him but like I've, I've had those moments so that's what I really clicked with here on Bow. It wasn't like emptiness nest syndrome because I don't have that. But it's that moment where you just like, you don't know why you do a thing, but you just do it. Yeah. Just like something so reckless and impulsive because that's like literally eating your feelings. I get that. I get that. Okay. Eating your feelings. Man, I remember when I was in, I'm just like Grace. I didn't love Incredibles 2, but I do remember the reactions for Bao. I did see Incredibles 2, I think it was a full house, and I was just sitting there, I was not ready for Bao, and seeing it, just like the reactions when, for everything, it's a very, it's a very funny, uh, Mm -hmm. very funny short. 
it gets kind of tense and frantic and you feel kind of the mother's uh, anxiety, I guess, when mm-hmm. the when her dumpling son, whatever, starts growing up. Mm-hmm. And then when she eats it, everything switches. Like, it's the most hilarious moment in the entire short. But then later on, it's like, oh, like it's... It, immediately flips to a sad moment Mm -hmm. because she just like collapses and it's like oh got it i don't think i i ever saw her eating the dumpling as hilarious like i said like the when she did that it it took me back to moments in my life where i was just so distraught that i did a thing whatever the thing was but i don't i don't i don't know if i laughed at that like it wasn't i don't know i didn't i didn't feel it as like after watching it and i see how it all ends yes it's it's kind of funny but like that's not the emotion that i felt at all i i call it the most hilarious moment because it was such a what the fuck moment that like everybody laughed i didn't i was just i was shocked like Mm -hmm. grace said but everybody in my screening was just they were cracking up i i think it was this kind of like incredulous laughter not like haha but just like wait what it's nervous <laughs> laughter kind of like yeah, what just exactly. happened exactly what did we just what yeah it's shocking um when it first happens and then and when you see it play out i think it's a it's a hard pivot in emotion all at once mm-hmm. yeah you've got this kind of pent-up negative emotion as you see dumpling develop and have a girlfriend and and see the dumpling become more and more distant. You feel that tension and that angst and, and how unhappy the mom is in that moment. But there's a hard shift and like, oh, that's how serious this is. That's how how intimately, how passionately she's feeling these feels. I think a fact that, you know, listeners should know is that I also wrote on this as for my notes. My notes are kind of like the the moment I I felt whatever thing I wrote it down. So this particular one it just says, "Wow, she ate him," <laughs> and then ten out of ten. So I put shocking, hungry, heart. <laughs> Man, that that moment when she just tries to when she tries to like cook it out and makes a me- whole meal for the dumpling son, and he's like, "Nah, I'm out. I'm just gonna go hang with the boo." And then she eats all the food. I felt that. Again, don't have any kids, but I can relate to, you know what, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna eat it out with food. Okay, so day and night versus foul. This was tough. Um, I think Bao hit me emotionally harder just until that point, but after the fact, then because I don't have kids, because I don't have those kinds of relationships with my parents, it kind of lost me after that. Um, but yes, it it was great to that point. But I think I'm gonna go with day and night. Uh, this one is easily bow for me. I love it. I love the shopping moment. I love how this looks. We didn't really talk about the animation, but I love the style. That was really pretty, and it's one that sticks out. This is it has become one of my I want to say it's like top five. It's only top ten favorite shorts. Oh man. I think based on emotion alone, 
I think I'm gonna go with Val. Like I like yes. the Looney Tunes abstract idea that day and night is, but Val was is. just it it blindsides you with just like whoa. I just I'm I'm always gonna go with with something that I hated to begin with and then loved by the end. It's like just me. like it's just like Grace. <laughs> it's, oh wow. Yeah. Because those are the ones that stick with you. Those are the ones that last 10 years. 10 years later. Our last round of 16 matchup, we have Paper Man versus La Luna. Paper Man was released in front of Record Ralph in 2012. It's about an office worker who meets a girl of his dreams on a train platform um, and uses a fleet of paper airplanes to get her attention. I love this one. I love it so much. It reminds me of Chicago because of the elevated train platform. Oh, yeah. I think it's romantic. I love the design style. It's all black and white. So I love how it looks. And I think it's a super cute. It's all black and white except for her kiss print and lipstick is in red. And I think it's, it's a romantic idea to try and throw paper canes to hit a girl to the window. Try and get her attention, um, and then for those things to sweep you up and take you in the direction. I like how, like his second attempt at a paper airplane was almost there, <laughs> but like it, it hits right next to the window that he's aiming for, and it just mm-hmm. dun, dun, dun. it's very frustrating. Amber, what do you think of this? I did like Paperman a lot. I really did. There was some aspect of it visually that I'm going to be honest, I don't remember why I gave it so this is in, in the the list where I actually was you know uh, scoring them based on the initial scoring system I set up um, so I apparently gave it a lower visual score um, and I don't quite remember why but I think like, yes, I want to love a thing that's about love, and that sounds cute, and it's it's great, and it's a good story, but, like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be actually comparing them at the, at, in this moment, or if I'm just supposed to be talking about Paperman, but I keep thinking, like, I don't feel like that's a thing that happens. It's not real, like... I think that's one of the reasons why I like it, is because it, the whole thing seems like it's something that takes place in the 50s. Yeah. Um, and so it seems there's something that's kind of fairy tale about it, um, but it's a, it's a modern fairy tale. It's more modern than say like Sleep Beauty or. I gave the music a ten though. Yeah. I love the score. Christoph Beck did the score. He did uh, both Frozen movies too. Mm-hmm. I nine point five on GE. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was gonna I was gonna ask what you gave it for GE. <laughs> Um, I do like the surrealism uh, of this story, and I agree with Amber, like, this doesn't happen, but it's the whimsy and the the sort of magic and suspension of disbelief that you need that kind of makes this a really cute and endearing story, because I've been, I've been watching The Office, and Jim and Pam are just, like, impossible. Like, this is just a TV romance. Mm-hmm. But these two in Paperman, that's just Jim and Pam. That's all it is. Like, the the guy looks like Jim. 
I'm this... not an office fan, so I can't. I'm not either. Oh, dang. Why did you guys say something? Well, because you wanted to talk about it. Oh, anyway. Uh, You're allowed to feel your feelings. On top of uh, on top of that, just like with Jerry's game, I think this is my short of the week that I would like to see done live action because I think it's possible for it to be done. Ooh, with Emily Blunt as the girl. Yes. I mean, Jonathan Wisniewski would be the guy too. I guess. Have J.K. Simmons be the boss. Yes. I think the animation is perfect i like how the only thing in color is the kiss and her lips and like amber said the music is top notch how does it stack up against la luna though like let's openly compare them i realize that la luna is less real than what paperman is like paperman could be a thing that happens in the world with the with the exception of like actual paper you know drawing you there it's a it's a a metaphor for something that's drawing you to a person but and, and la luna is just completely not even like n- there's no way that somebody's sweeping the moon um but i ju- <laughs> i just i'm just gonna go with la luna because i feel like my issue with paper man is that i'm like there's no way that's a thing mm-hmm. it might be my own personal you know history with with all of you know, love and shit and things. Yeah. And I feel like that's not, that does not happen. Like people don't go out of their way like that. But La Luna took, took me there and Paperman just quite didn't. Wait, you're saying La Luna's, you're saying La Luna's less real. Like people can't, you can't get a ladder and just walk up to the moon when it's full like that. Unfortunately, that is what I'm saying. What? But if you can, just, you know, I'm gonna send have a to message cancel my to Disney Versus. You tell them you want to talk to me. We'll get in contact. You take me to the moon. I'll sweep a star. Dang. Come at me. If I can't get to the moon with a ladder, I'm going to have to cancel my vacation. I am <laughs> so upset. Yeah. My issue with Paperman is that is that everyone talks about love. It's very cliche. I think that's one of the things that we don't we don't see that much in Pixar though. Yeah, but I'm looking that at this at a non-Pixar view. I watched all of these for the first time ever when we watched them. Mm-hmm. I'm not comparing them to other Pixar. I'm not comparing them to other Disney. I'm just looking at them for what they are. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've seen Paper Man, but I never saw a Luna. Are you talking about you've seen it in other... Like yes. you've seen that done before. Got it. I've seen the impossible happen to bring two people together and it's very cute and this whole story that just unfolded because, you know, love is real, but... Oh, it's like Sleepless in Seattle. I just never saw Luna. I think Amber's reason for, like, not feeling Paper Man is kind of the same reason I wasn't feeling Lava last week. Yeah. I wasn't feeling Lava either. I wasn't in part of that. Lava I was going to hate on a lot. But I wasn't in that conversation. Hmm. I mean, What's funny wanna... is Amber loves rom-coms. <laughs> if you want to throw shade at Lava, She's shaking her head. Right <laughs> it's just so... <clears throat> I don't know. There, I think it was the singing. Uh, you know what it was? It wasn't that it was about love or like cheesy or anything. It's the fact that they said Lava 
But I love you. No. Oh my god. No. Oh my gosh. Amber's right. I agree with Amber. It's literally, it's literally that. If they just said the actual word instead of lava, I would have been way more okay with it. It's so cute. Also, that's exactly what Tori said last week. I, I did not listen to last week's episode. Y'all are in the same I've never listened to any of the episodes. No offense. I'm not a podcast person. I will join in on the conversation, but I won't listen to it. Uh, For your line, I like the lava song. I like it. I can't do it. I, can't I digress. It. We're talking about Paperman versus La Luna. Tori, I need you to make a decision. La Luna. Uh, I gotta go with Paperman. Cause it, it I think it looks better than La Luna, like artistically, and just the music and the story itself. It, I like it. Grace, what do you got? Yeah, I'm gonna go Paper Man. That's funny. It's Troy and I were talking last week, and he was like, "We need to get a third for next week because we're gonna have a much better time." And so far, we're in alignment. Just saying. <laughs> Amber just drew a big boo at us. You sure it's not Bao? <laughs> okay, Paperman moves on. In the next round, we're going to talk about Feast versus Bao. Oh, the foodies. Uh, this one's Bao for me. I liked Feast. I thought it was cute, but Bao is... Takes me on all the feels and shocking and feast. I like the puppies cute, but um, Bow just doesn't look for me. And I like how it looks too. I like how feast looks for me. Or sorry, I like how Bow looks for me. Amber, you want to go next? I'll go with Bow. It made me uncomfortable. It made you uncomfortable? (laughs) (laughs) I like that reason. (laughs) I don't like to feel the same way all the time. Make me feel a thing that I don't like, and then I will like you. Oh. <laughs> I was actually going to go with Feast. Oh. Yeah. I, I, again, I like the the background storytelling of it all. I watched this with captions, too. I don't know how well you can hear it without them, but like there's actual conversation kind of going on. I think it's when they were doing the dishes. Or the couple were doing the dishes. And they were talking about like their siblings and everything. It's just, and it's just, you know, normal. We just met. Let's talk about our family's conversation. And again, it's storytelling that's told in the background because I don't, I don't remember being able to hear it very well because you're focused on the dog's meals. I don't think I was ever focused on the dog's meals. Hmm. I think I was focused on the background the whole time, having only seen it once. Okay. Yeah, I, think, I mean, I've seen it multiple times, but I think it, I don't even know that I stay focused on any one thing throughout the whole thing. I, I like that this does a good job of a story in the foreground and a story in the back. I think initially, in the first couple of viewings, I was focused on the dog, but that may be the fat kid in me. <laughs> oh, food! The dog got nachos! I think I'm just used to to focusing on other things, and like, I don't mean to always bring it back to band, but that's what I know. But, like, people are always focused on, like, what's really happening on the field. But I'm always the person who's watching who's hiding over here or who's playing a weird sound over here or who's doing this over here. Like, I want to know. I want to 
see the dude who's walking around the field the entire time just doing horn moves. Mm-hmm. Because that's interesting to me. So I'm always the background type of person. That's how I am at orchestra concerts. I don't watch, you know, the main ensemble. I watch everything around the ensemble because it's usually very interesting, at least to me. Like, what are you doing when you aren't playing? Yeah. What's your process? All right. So mm-hmm. bow goes on. And now we have Paperman versus Kitbull. 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 <laughs> Kitbull. <laughs> Tori, where are you at on this? Uh, man, I'm, as always, I'm struggling because do I go with the emotion of Kitbull or do I go with the technical aspect and the story of Paperman? What's the mm. reason for making a short, though? Or making a movie, or making anything, ever. It's to make people feel something. I feel the love. I feel like the fear he fears when he's... He, sorry. I feel the fear he feels when he's throwing these people games, and they're not hitting, and he might lose his goal. Like, I get that. I did like, not feel fear. I felt his desperation. Yeah. But I also felt that desperation when the cat and the dog are trying to escape from the backyard. Can you call that a backyard? It's a junkyard. It was like a trash heap. Yeah. With a gate. Yeah. I, you know what? I am going to go Kipple because Amber's right. It did take me on a whole range of emotions where I did not give a shit about the cat. It was all about the dog. And then it was all about the team mm-hmm. and where they wanted to get out. And then I love that the the cat was like, no, I'm not going to accept your love unless you also give the picture attitude. I think the reason I choose Kibble over Paperman is because Paperman, I knew what it was about immediately. Immediately I knew it was about. he Boy likes girl. Boy wants to get girl. That's just what this is about. But Kibble, I feel like I, I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know how it was going to end. I like things that I can't predict. I do agree that Paperman is kind not even because I've seen it multiple times. It is kind of predictable if you think about it's it. Like definitely predictable, but it's such a beautifully told rendition of that. I think story. I would have liked it more if he didn't get her. Or if somebody died. I don't know. I just <laughs> That would have been left field. It would have been like battle. Sure. I would have liked it more. Yeah, you both voted. I think I would have I think I'd go with probably Kitbull too. Yeah, okay. I would. I would so. still like to see. Uh, I would like to see Paperman done live action. I would not like to see Kitbull done live action because. Oh yeah, for that sure. Would be, I don't want to. That would just cry. Yeah. Yeah, that's a different vibe. Our final for this side of the bracket is going to be Kitbull versus Bow. I think Val. Kipple. Ooh, why? Amber, why? It's why are you guys making me choose? <laughs> you know what? I... Sorry. This is a... Sorry. Go I made me choose earlier. It's not because of puppy. I think it's because I'm always going to go with a thing that resonates with me more. And emptiness syndrome is not a thing that resonates with me now granted i did say that there was a the moment where where lady ate child 
Like, I, I said that I understood that that moment, I've had those moments in my life where I've, you know, I've done a thing, whatever it was. But after that, where I, I saw the reason, I was less interested. And Kipple, I feel like I was interested into the very end. Grace, why Bao? For me, it's because Bao takes me on a similar range of emotions. It's also similarly unexpected throughout the whole thing. And then it has a shocking moment. Um, I think part of Bao also has to do with where I was at in my life. And, and it's similar to the way that Toy Story 3 came out when we were graduating college. No, it was when we were starting college. And it's when we were starting college. And so it aligned with when we were leaving our parents. Um, and and that, that hit the feels. I feel like with Val, I have been in Seattle. I moved there by myself. And so there's some kind of linear feelings there. I like how shocking it is. I like that there was a short, this is all of five minutes, that made me gasp out loud. And every time I see it, it still is so shocking to me. I love that, but it still evokes that emotion to me. I do really like Pitbull, but Val is still, it's just so shocking. I love it. I love that it takes me through every time. Wow. I knew I should have separated these two and not had them on the same side of the bracket. Well, and I had a similar similar feeling with Jerry's Game of Thrones. So I love these two so much to have them similar era. I agree with you on that. I think I'm going to go with Bao because of the very the various emotions that I have. Kitbull, it's just sad the entire time. And then you get the awe moment at the end. But I actually laughed, I think, more in Bao than I did in Kitbull. It's sad. It's sad from Jump because the cat's alone and homeless and then you get the dog granted the cat is a a dick to the dog from jump because the cat's territorial you don't know until you know yeah he didn't know then he knew (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm gonna go with bow on this one we now have two shorts left jerry's game from side one and we have bow from side two this is a tough do you, one. Do you both want to go and then I'll go? Sure. Troy, you go first on this one. I think for the same reason, I would probably go with Val. I um, love Jerry's game. I do. Uh, you know I do. You know uh, I do. But I think Val is a little bit more complex. I, you know what, okay, so I love Val because of how shocking it is. I love Jerry's game because of how much it sucks you in and makes you forget that it's one guy playing himself. And it's, and he's so in, he's so invested and you get invested in each side of the table. Jerry's game wins it for me. I love it. I think it's clever. I think it's, it gets bonus points because it's old and because it's, 
remained one of my favorites for so long. I, when we were talking about doing a shorts bracket, this is the first, that's the first short that I thought of. And I got excited about it. Like that and Little Birds were two of the shorts that I thought of because I love their shorts so much. So I'm, I'm all Jerry's game on this one. As the guest here, I enjoy the fact that I get to choose now. Amber gets to choose the winner. I am the end all be all. I am the alpha and omega of Schwartz brackets. <laughs> I have the power. I want you to know that I am very confident in my choice. I'm not going back and forth. I'm not wishy washy. I know a hundred percent which ones I will which one I will pick. So would you well, I will say it. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, well, lady and gentlemen, I choose Bao. Oh, snap. Okay, okay why? I choose Bao because while I enjoyed Jerry's game, for a lot of reasons, I think that the things that make me the most uncomfortable are the things that I like the most. And because Bao had the moment where I felt uneasy about the reason that she ate her her little child dumpling makes me more attached to it. I think Jerry's game had a lot in it. I think that clever. I think that yes, I forgot that he was just one dude playing himself and I thought it was hilarious. He like faked a heart attack. <laughs> Funny. Um, but I don't know. Bow just it had that moment in it for me where I didn't like it and things I don't like that I like at the end are the things that I like but I like Jerry's game the whole time so about wins cool I had had something to follow up with that I can't remember what it was okay well Tori's trying to remember what his thing was, do you want me to do Dragon DC? Sure. Okay, so take a drink at the beginning of every short. Take a, a drink anytime you feel a strong emotion, especially if that changes. Take a drink every time you feel like you might cry. That's a, I feel like it's interesting. I need to see I definitely like the first two. I don't know about, I think Every time you might cry, that might be the, like, that's a strong emotion. I know, that's what I'm saying. At the end? Where are the beginning and end? That seems silly. That's fair. Beginning and end? Yeah, take a drink at the beginning and take a drink at the end of the short. Like, like, shots for shocked. Wait, what? Shots for shots. Take a shot for shocked. Oh, I like it. Yeah, I want okay. people to take a shot when shot. she eats her child. <laughs> yeah, man. That's real. That's real. That's shot worthy, too. Okay, so uh, Drunken Disney rules take a drink at the beginning of each short, take a drink anytime you feel a strong emotion, and then take a shot when you feel shocked. Alright. Bao is the winner of our shorts bracket. Actually, kind of shocked that none of the number ones got to either semifinals. Hyper. What were the number ones? 
the number one seeds on both on both sides was Piper and Paperman. I loved Piper. I was not involved in that conversation, so. Piper got beat by Jerry's game. I also particularly enjoyed Partly Cloudy. Partly Cloudy was good. Also Presto. Presto was killing. Mostly because just like, I don't know what was happening. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Amber, for joining us this week. Really appreciate you. Wish we could have had you last week, but stuff happens. Well, it was more just like wait till the last minute and then realize that I can't put Audacity on my computer. But here we are. It's fine. Ah. Everything happens for a reason. Before I get to what we have uh, coming up next time, uh, remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, Give us a five-star review and a comment, please. You can also find us on social media, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disneyverses. You can follow us on Twitter at DisneyVS. Uh, If you give us a five-star review on Facebook and on iTunes, uh, or on iTunes, and leave us a comment with a five-star review, I think I'm talking over myself again, Uh, we will read it during the episode. We don't have any new comments, but we would appreciate them. You can also follow us on Spotify and on Google Play Music, where you can give us 17 dumplings out of 14. Okay. Dumplings? Dumplings. Ooh. Wow. It makes sense that Bao won. I remember what I was going to say about Bao. Because we keep saying child dumpling, we should just call him a childling. I don't accept that. No. I don't like that, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this. I'm gonna cut this. You know, sometimes failing is funny. You should I love that one. Thanks, Grace. Thanks. I'm here for you. You you were the one who made fun of me for all of my corny jokes at the beginning of previous episodes. So I fail up. You know me. Uh Next, I mean, I worked on it all episode, so it had been brewing. Our next bracket that we have uh, ready to go, and I am so excited to talk about it. We might take a little bit longer because these are full length movies. We are going to do a Muppets bracket. Yes, and it's going to be uh, about it. It's going to be the eight. Muppet films that have been theatrically released, starting with the Muppet movie all the way through the most recent Muppets Most Wanted. Um, Which I haven't seen. This is going to be fun. My favorites. My favorites. Okay, I have a top four. Do you want to hear? Should we wait? We'll do a preview. This is the preview. Okay, ready? My top four in no particular order. Muppet movie. The Great Muppet Caper. Uh, Muppet Treasure Island and Muppet Christmas Carol. I really only thought there were like two Muppet movies at max. I don't know where I've been. (laughs) It's not in Muppet Land. You gotta gotta take a journey to Muppet Land. Have you seen Muppet Christmas Carol? No! What? (gasps) Have I? I I honestly, okay, so um, I am the least qualified movie reviewer since I can't remember a single thing I watch. It's true. It's kind of great. 
It is. I can relive everything like I've never seen it before. It's it's pretty wonderful. Like Grey's Anatomy, it's like I've never seen it before. <laughs> Rewatching everything. I'm not gonna say my top four because that would that would bias my all of my opinions, and I want to keep those fresh. So I will let you guys be surprised when I tell you what my favorites are. The black um, spot. Yeah. But I am super excited about the Muppets bracket. I've been wanting to do the Muppets bracket since before COVID happened. So Oh, it's been I mean, we talked about doing Muppet Christmas Carol our first year. Yeah, we did. We've been yeah. I've been we've been wanting to talk about Muppets for the entire length of the podcast. Uh just coming up on four years. Yeah, this will be okay, for in uh, October. You're gonna edit this part out, but I can't believe it's been four years and I've never listened to a single one. <laughs> I'm a horrible friend. It's but, fine. I mean, she is, but she did design our logo. Also, we could use an update. I was about to say after <laughs> this was over that I am much more qualified to make logos now. Don't worry, I have a whole color Adobe Cloud in mind. Thing. Yeah, don't worry. I would. We would love that. That would be. I'm on it. The one I gave you was grainy. Let me give you a vector file. Shit. To make it better. Muppets are coming. Uh, I gotta get some special guests lined up for that. Uh, I've been talking to some people already, so it's going to be pretty cool. What else is Disney that you guys haven't talked about? I'm trying to come back. Marvel. I'm I'm not. I'm not here for that. It's too long. Um. Anastasia? I've never seen that. Ooh, I, I already have guests lined up for Anastasia. Great. Good. Because she is Anastasia. a princess now. I mean... She's a princess. Before. This may be controversial because I don't know why, but I feel like it is. Is Pirates of the Caribbean Disney? I feel like it's a Disney thing. It is. It is a Disney thing. Let me talk princess. about them. You know, okay, here's the thing is we're we're delving into live action now. Yeah. We're we're gonna so branch we out can, more things. We can do that. Could we do a Disney rides bracket? Uh I mean I could set it up and moderate, but I haven't been to Disney World in twenty years. I've only been to Disneyland. Okay, great. I, okay. I have I have multiple ideas. I think that's our fifth anniversary, Tori. <laughs> the rides anniversary. This this time next year, we'll record at Disney, and we'll do a ride back there. Grace and I are going to Disney soon, so... That sounds new. Nothing, nothing else. Okay. Uh, I forget where I am in concluding the podcast. <laughs> we did all the plugs. Everyone be safe out there. Uh, wash your hands. Wear a mask. I don't know. Put on sunscreen, I guess. While you're wearing a mask, remember that people around you also don't want you to be near them. Social Personal distance. space is a thing. Please save us all. I want to go on vacation. I hate it here. <laughs> Until next time, thank you for listening, and we will see you guys next episode. Yeah.